Hey, Kat. Jesus. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, um, I didn't expect to see you here. Whoa, what's that smell? That smell? Oh, um, well, that's my trash. I just, I'm a little embarrassed about it. Oh, well, is that why you've been avoiding me? Avoiding you? I, I, I haven't really been avoiding you. I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to get close to you. I mean, I, I just, I don't want you to smell it. I'll take it, Kat. Come oh, on. Oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. I mean, I made it. It's my trash. You know, I should carry it. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, but Kat, I mean, this is my job. Right. I take people's trash. That's what I do, so. Right, okay. Well, maybe I could go and just clean it up a little bit, you know? And then I'll just, I'll come back. No, Kat, I don't need you to do that. Um. Okay, I'll take it from you so you don't have to carry the weight. Oh, well, I. Come on. Uh, just, uh, just hand it over. Uh, all, right? all right, let go. Let go. Yeah, just... yeah, yeah. Ugh. How's that feel? Weird. Wow. That is crazy. Right. Just loosen it up a Whoa, little bit. Check that out. I don't know if I've ever moved like that before. Well, I mean, that is crazy. I just, I feel so free and alive. I, it's I mean, the lack of trash. Wow, it's just like, this is the craziest feeling I have ever had. I just, it's like something's missing, you know? Well, I, I just, Get used to feeling free, because that's yeah. what you are now. Right, okay. Uh, okay. What are you doing? I just, I got to get one thing, okay? Hold on just a minute Get here. one thing? No, 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 no. Don't open the bag. Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I really appreciate all that you've done for me. What's going on here, Kat? What? Look, I'll take the trash, but you need to put that back. Oh, um, no, actually, um, that's okay. This is mine. It's my piece. I want to keep it. No, it goes right back in the bag, so I'll help you. Here, no, 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 put no, it no. here. No, Jesus, I, I need to remind myself not to make more trash. I mean, that just Kathleen, makes sense. Kathleen, I will remind you not to make more trash. Oh, okay? well, Jesus, you know... That's what I do. I mean, we'll walk together. I know, but I should be in a better place than this by now. I mean, I just, I'm constantly doing things wrong, you know, and I, I'm just, I'm constantly letting you down. No, the only thing that's letting me down is, is, is you taking the stuff back. Okay. Look, I took care of the trash before you even created it. Oh. Look, don't you see what's happening? Every time I take your trash away, you come back and, and take another piece. And the more pieces you carry around, the more trash you attract. It reeks. Cat. When I look at you, I don't see your sin. I see you. The real you, the free you. This is what I'm fighting for. This is what I died for. Jesus, I'm sorry. I just, please forgive me. I've already forgiven you. The question is, will you forgive yourself? That is the question that I have for you. Have you lived your life? Are you living your life free? The name of this message, well, let's just say this message is off the hook. What does that mean? That's not bragging. It just means that the name of the message is off the hook. So what does off the hook mean? I have a few, uh, I have a few, uh, I looked it up. So here's the slang phrase off the hook. It means very good, excellent, cool. The variations are off the heezy, off the fasheezy, and off the clock. I don't know what off the fasheezy means. But I'm pretty sure it's not a cuss word, so hopefully not. Uh, the second one is extremely upset. So the example would be, uh, let's see, so you told her all her business, she's acting off the hook. Uh, wild or crazy, that party was off the hook. And then the, the last one, which is the one that I'm going to preach off of, which is uh, freed, 
as from blame or a vexatious obligation. I don't know what vexatious means, and I didn't have time, frankly, this week to look up the word vexatious, but it sounds vexing. So I, I hope it's not a bad word either. But what I do know is that that word freed matters. How many want to live life free? And here's the thing that the Lord kind of spoke to me as uh, we, we, we talk about this message a little bit, is that, and it's simply this, Jesus died on the cross to get us off the hook. Would we all agree? So why do we live like we're back on it? And more importantly, who does that come from? More importantly, what is that? And let me just tell you, in the first service, every devil in hell did not want me to preach this message because we had issues. I was sweating. I mean, I looked like I had never preached before. And we had some ridiculously cool people come to the altar and get healed and set free. So would you just agree with me in this service? We'll just see the same. I'm going to believe with you for years of legalism and bondages, stuff that you're not even aware of. It's just going to fall off you today. Just going to fall. The Holy Spirit is going to confirm it, and he has been confirming it. You know, the Apostle Paul, if he were preaching this message today, would probably be labeled a heretic because I'm going to preach radical grace because I believe radical grace transforms. I don't believe the law transforms. The law is good. The law is perfect. The law is holy. How many of you have perfectly kept that law? So I think we need grace, right? The question is, how do we live a free life when when we're in this body that doesn't want to live free, that wants to be in bondage? Our opening text is Colossians 1, verse 21. And it says, once you were alienated from God, now this is before we came to Christ, uh, and were enemies in your minds, so we had bad thinking about God, uh, because of your evil behavior, verse 22, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So, verse 23, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard. What is the gospel? It's good news, right? So that's been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This whole thing is about who your identity is. Who are you? So if we're in Christ, would you believe that you, your spirit has been reborn? The Bible says you are a new creation. So when Jesus looks at the Christian, the one who has received Christ, does he see your pigginess, or does he see the, the trash that she was trying to take back or does she see does he see the righteousness of Jesus does God see that what if you lived like you really believe that how would that change the way you live here here here's the other part it says if you continue in your faith does it say if you continue in your good works righteousness here's the thing i want you to get right believing leads to right living Oh, thank you, Lord. We'll just camp on that one. Right believing leads to right living. The nine steps to overcoming the Torah is not going to lead you to right living. The Bible says the strength of sin is the law. Is the law perfect? Yes. Is the law perfect? Yes. Am I saying don't obey the law? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have absolutely no power 
to fulfill the law outside of the grace of Jesus Christ. But with Christ and in Christ, all things are possible. Now let's live like we believe that, right? Okay. Hebrews 4 says this, verse 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come, what? Boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and find grace to help us when we need it most. And here's the thing you've got to ask yourself. When do you need it most? When we goof up, right? When we sin. When we need healing. And if I'm the enemy of God, what do I absolutely, categorically, 100% want to make sure I do? I want to keep you from that throne, correct? I want to make you believe a lie. I want to make you think that you're marginal and you have no impact and you can do nothing and you're worm dirt and the law shows that. Here's what Jesus died for. He, di- he died to free you of accusation. You say, well, Pastor Ryan, I sinned. Yes. Here's the thing. This is the key key this is the linchpin of this message that i want you to write down we confess our sins not to be forgiven we confess our sins because we are forgiven and how you view that is critical to how you live out your daily life and the power that you have with that i'm going to say it again and then i'm going to explain it i'm not just going to lay a statement like that and not explain it we confess our sin not to be forgiven, we confess our sin because we already are forgiven. We were forgiven 2,000 years ago on the cross in his finished work, once and for all. I have an example. This is going to make it real clear. Do we have anybody strong in here? I'm strong guy? I mean, I need somebody strong. There's nobody strong. Come on up. They're like, what is he going to do to me? I have a bag of tricks back here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hide. See, like this? You can't see me? I'm hiding. Come on up. Ugh. Okay. Here's what you're going to do. I want you just to hold these like this. Just hold them, hold them to your side and stand right there. I'm going to preach, okay? You just hold those for now. Now, whatever I tell you to do, nope, just hold them right there. Yep, yep. Just, just stay right there. Just don't move. Now, if... If I change my directions with you, then I just follow my lead, okay? All right. Okay, so that right there. Now, that is the weight of sin, okay? Can you still, can you move around a little bit? Pretty free? Okay, great. All right. Camp out there. I'm going to read some more scripture. Is that okay? All right. I, I'm going to work you. So, picture the weights that he's carrying as accusations from our enemy. Picture Jesus saying, not guilty, okay? That's what, I, that's what I want you to do. But wrong believing leads to wrong living. Right believing leads to right living. And here's our thrust. Jesus died to get us off the hook. Now, here's, here's the thing. When we worship the law more than we worship Jesus, we're worshiping a lie. Where's he going with this? <laughs> do you understand that you could make the law of God greater than God himself? It's called legalism, and it kills Christianity. It kills our relationship with God. 
Romans 1.25 says they traded the truth about God for a lie. He's talking about evil man and all of our, in, and our tendencies. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Who created the law? It was created. So we can worship the law and we can become so sin conscious of our sin that we forget instead of going boldly to the throne of grace, what do we do? We run. We run from grace because we don't want God to see our sin. Now, he's carrying a little bit of weight. Now, here's what I want you to do. Next step. Ready? How are you feeling? You feeling okay and loose? Okay, I want you to pop these up. Just, just, no, just right there. We're going to get a good bicep workout. Just right there. Hold it, please. There you go. A little, uh, this little cord's bothering me. Sorry about that. But the, uh, the weight on that, eventually, you'll probably feel a little bit tired, I'm guessing. Yeah, you have a good bicep workout, a little P90X action there. So, as he's holding that weight, he's limited, would you agree? Is it God's best for him to hold that weight? Okay, let's camp on that. Here, here's, here's the thing, I was this guy. I came back to Christ back in 2001. And I'm telling you, just like the, the girl with the trash, I'm free. Oh, it feels so good, I just love this. And just as I am, and I came and I'm free, right? And then the Christians come along and say, don't stay that way. True. The question is, how do I get to my destination? Do I get there through the law or do I get there through grace? And so here, here's, here's how my yo-yo was. This is my yo-yo. I would come over here and I'd sin and I'd pick up some weight. Then I'd repent and confess and then go back over here. And then I'd sin again. And walk back over here pretty soon. Let's, let's just raise this a little bit. All right. Where, where does it really hurt? Everywhere. Okay. All right. Everywhere. Everywhere. An honest man. So, so two umbrellas here. We've got the weight of sin and then we've got grace. And the more I tried to please, I desperately wanted to please God. I wanted to follow his law. And, but guys, I began to worship the law more than I did the creator of the law. And when we do that, we put on weights and more weights, and pretty soon we collapse. Are you about ready to collapse? Okay. Last thing. Can I read one more scripture? Are you going to be okay? All right. All right, let me read another scripture here. Take your time. Way to go, cowboy. All right. 1 John 1.9 says this. 1 John 1.9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, here's the thing about that verse. It's a great verse. The, the thing we have to answer, though, is who is it written to? Was it written to the Gnostic Jew or was it written to the believer? Well, in 1 John chapter 1, it was written to the Gnostic Jews who are creating a heresy. How are we doing? Okay, you can put it down. You're free in Jesus' name. Be free. Give him a hand. He's going to be sore tomorrow, I know that. I went to church, the guy abused me. <laughs> Never going to that church again. So, so 1 John 1, 9. Here's the thing, let's think this through. Let's take it apart. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. True. The question is, if that's for the believer, let's, let's talk about that now. If it was just not for the Gnostic Jew, but if it was, let's say it was just for the believers, because a lot of believers use this verse... Uh, and here's what they do. If the opposite is true, what if we don't? 
what if we don't confess our sin? And we're in sin, and we haven't confessed it. Then what? Is he no longer faithful? God's always faithful. Is he going to... here's Here's the next part now. What about all those sins that you haven't even thought of yet that God knows you're committing as we speak? Where does it end? You know what? It becomes insanity. That's where it ends. And before you know it, you're in bondage to this. And we have religious systems in place that literally say, go to confession. I'm going to step on some religious cows today. Is that okay? And confess it 50 times. And say a few you-know-whats and you'll be good. Guys, would be, we would never live because the sins of commission and the sins of omission. So does it make more logical sense that perhaps he's talking to the unbeliever who needs the saving grace, finished work of the cross? One and done? Once and for all, 2,000 years ago? Does that make sense? Okay, so are you saying, Pastor Ryan, I should never confess my sins? Absolutely not what I'm saying. And don't walk out of here saying that I said that. What I'm saying is, we don't confess our sins to be forgiven. We confess our sins to because we are forgiven. How you view that will change. Because see, here's the thing. Radical grace says, and is betting the farm on this thing, that you will run boldly to the throne of grace when you see that grace, and it won't be a license to sin. Can I just, can I be real? I don't want to sin. I don't want to look at porn all the time like I used to do. I don't want to drink all the time like I used to do. I do want to give offerings to the Lord because I want to, not because I have to. I don't get into fear like I used to because I have the grace of Jesus. Flip your thinking. Understand, church, we have a thinking problem in Christianity today. Right thinking will lead to right living. And isn't grace good? I mean, I felt this, guys, in the last service. I felt the oppression. It was almost like the enemy was saying, no, don't preach that. I, and, and I felt the weight of it. And we had a lot of people come down here and get some, some bondages broken. It was awesome. So I'm trying to say that I don't want our Christianity to be a yo-yo. Does that make sense? I don't want you thinking, okay, I sin. I confess, I'm better. And that's okay to have that feeling, but your righteousness has absolutely nothing to do with whether you confess that sin yet or not, because where does it end? If I confess it tonight, are you guys following me? God gives you grace to work through your issues. He wants you to deal with your issues in the here and the now, but it does not affect your eternal standing. You getting this? So what are you saying, Ryan? I'm saying that your righteousness is your spirit. It's reborn. That can't change. You are born again. If you receive Christ, you're a new creation. Well, Pastor Ryan, can't you act kind of piggy? Absolutely. Every one of us do. But isn't God so good that he illuminates the areas of our weakness so that he can be made strong and heal us of all of our transgressions and our sins? Very few sinners I've met, me the chief, don't know where they, they know where they're sinning. But the Holy Spirit brings conviction. The accuser of the brethren brings condemnation. Here's the example. Condemnation says, or I should say, godly sorrow, which leads to repentance. Godly sorrow says, I made a mistake and I was wrong. God, I'm coming to you. I'm confessing that. You know what? I missed that one and I see it clearly. And I'm really, I feel bad about it. 
but I know that you're my father and you love me and you're going to work through it. You know, what cha- you know what shame and condemnation does? It doesn't say that you made a mistake. It says you are a mistake and you should have never been born and you should never, ever try again. And in fact, this legalism is so bad. Why even bother? Why don't you go out and shack up with this person? Why don't you leave the church? Why don't you get ticked off at preachers? Why don't you do everything in your power to run, run, run? Because you don't measure up. You know what Jesus says when we go to him? Not guilty. So the devil's screaming at you, saying you're guilty, you're guilty, guilty. And you know what I say? Talk to Jesus. Because his work was finished. God set out in time and space. Think of this, guys. An infinite God, infinite, the beginning and the end, no end. And he inserted himself in time and space 2,000 years ago and limited himself, became a man, and did what we couldn't do to set us free once and for all. That forgiveness is done. And not only will it radically change the way you live your Christian life, it will radically change the people around you because understand we have mass units of people in the Christian world who are hemorrhaging because legalism has destroyed not only the lives around them, but their lives as well because they're not forgiven because they're not receiving that forgiveness. I'm willing to bet it all on the gospel that grace will lead to right living. I'm convinced of it. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in many. God is faithful. And you know what? Here's the cool part. There's so many stories of guys in the Bible. Abraham. You know, he's the biggest, one of the biggest faith guys in the Bible, Abraham is. And yet, he, he twice let his wife into situations with kings of other countries. Twice he did this at age 60. Sarah must have been a looker because at 60, everybody was hitting on her. I mean, everybody. Then at 90, the same thing happens. That'll be my wife, and I'll have to, like, fend them off, you know? But twice, I mean, he, <laughs> twice, he's facing, twice he's facing the same test, and, and he, doesn't, he doesn't pass it. And yet, here the promised child is Isaac, out of which the nation of Israel will come. Twice it's promised. He goofs it up twice. God has to deal through his sin, and yet the covenant still came. Do you really think you can thwart the plan of God in your life if you're his? The only way you can thwart it is if you reject the Lord of glory. I love grace because it's radical. For instance, here's one, and this steps on some toes in church, but how many understand that's sometimes my job? Do I tithe under the law or do I tithe under grace? Tithing under the law, I mean, everything would have to be paid to the nth degree. In fact, they even I think it's like 27.3% of your income. Uh, I like the fact that tithing under grace, it, God's just asking for the first and the tenth, first tenth. But do I tithe under law as in I have to, or do I tithe under grace because I want to? Because I'm trusting him that he will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. You're already blessed, folks. If you know Christ, you're blessed already. Get it. Insert it. Live it. That means he's going to meet your needs. It's not because I want to build a church with funds. It's not because other pastors want to build a church with funds or that we want your money. You know, I'm so confident in my Lord that if no one gave a dime, he would take all care of my needs. Now, let me throw the other ditch. 
pastors have manipulated that message over the years. And they've preached. Because where does it end then? If, if, if I throw you under the bus because you're not tithing yet and you don't have revelation, well, what about the other sins that other people are committing? When does it end? Yet, I'm bound by grace to teach you correction. It's up between you and the Holy Spirit to understand it. I'm just using tithing as an example, okay? There's many other things that we do that aren't right. So I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to pastor you through that. Now give me grace when, you know, I make mistakes. Amen? I'm betting that God will deal with you on whatever issues you face, whatever sins that you're in, he'll deal with you on. My job is to, in love, and here's the problem. We have, we, a lot of times in the church, we correct people. We, we speak the truth, but we don't speak it in love. We speak it in anger and hate, and manipulation and coercion, and that's not of the Lord. What God is asking his people is to speak the truth in love. Here's the truth. You're already blessed if you know Jesus. Now tap into it. Live it and watch the Holy Spirit do an amazing transformation in your life. I got set free of that yo-yo, and I'm telling you, uh, I've had, I've had seasons where the Lord shut me down. I love coffee, by the way. In fact, I've got some friends of mine here at Starbucks. Hi, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that, but they work at Starbucks. They're great people. By the way, they're visiting and I just called them out. Oops. If you want to join our church, I'll give you more information. By the way, I, I like Starbucks for gift cards and stuff like that too as well. Anyway, uh, Lord help me. That was Ryan, that was not the Holy Spirit. But, but okay, so here's the thing. I love coffee. Now, I had a season where the Lord shut me down, and you, you're, you're addicted. Now, it wasn't a condemning thing, but it was a conviction. And I realized, you know what? Okay, this isn't for me for this season. I need to taper off. And I did. And you know what? As I look back on it, I see why. And I was getting ridiculous headaches. So would you say that's for my own good in this lifetime or for eternity? in this lifetime, right? So if I'm preaching radical grace, the, the object here is not your eternal, you are his. Your eternity is set when you're his. Amen? I'm trying to get you to win here and now with radical grace to transform your life and the lives of others through the power of his spirit. That is awesome. Can I throw a few more scriptures at you real quick? Are you guys getting this? I do step on some religious cows from time to time. I don't step on them. I smash them, and then I come back for more. Because I, I realize that our work's righteousness. Where's the ditch? I want to please God. Yes, we need to please God. But sin shall not have dominion over you. Romans 6.14, for sin shall not have dominion. It shall not exert dominion over you. And that's a, that's a crucial verse. I'm going to read it to you in full. Since now you're not under law as slaves but under grace as subjects of God's favor and mercy. What then are we to conclude? Shall we sin because we live not under law, but under God's favor and mercy? Certainly not. The Bible says that the strength of sin is the law. So when you're focusing on your problem more than you are on Jesus, what are you doing? You're strengthening the sin. You know, sin's not a popular word in church culture. Church culture. I mean, actually, churches find convenient ways of not saying sin. Maybe it's just issues or problems, but we don't like the word sin. I don't like the word sin. I like the Apostle Paul. He said, I'm the chief of sinners, though. But when you have Jesus, you are now a saint. There's another religious cow I just tipped over. We are saints, folks, when we have Jesus. 
It's not your perfection, it's his perfection. And you know what's cool is, and this was Martin Luther's obsession. Martin Luther was obsessed with getting right, it nearly drove him mad. And then he got the idea that salvation comes by grace through works righteousness? No, through faith in the finished work of Jesus. And I love the fact that we can go to God because it says the goodness of God leads us to repentance. Repentance is not a word that our culture likes either. But I believe it's because it hasn't always been preached the way God intended it. And that is, lift up my son. Romans 2.4 says, the goodness of God goodness of God broke me out of addictions. The goodness of God, the goodness of God, he's good. And we have an enemy in megaphones in your life outside of this church. You get, you get a world full of the devil 24-7 out there telling you who you aren't. I'm here to tell you the good news of who you are. Do you know that if you have Christ, you are a king and an heir? You are reigning. You will rule and reign with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you get that? So let's not wait till eternity. Because salvation is for here and now. Amen? So when the enemy accuses you of your sin, you go to God and you say, God, it's yours. And Jesus says, not guilty. Not guilty. Your spirit is not guilty. Your flesh may need correction. Your flesh may need to be dealt with. Your flesh will do things that are contrary, that wars with your spirit, with God's spirit. But I'm telling you, when you understand radical grace, how you deal with people, you won't be mean and nasty like you were. You'll be more patient with people. You'll be firm when you need to. You won't be bondage to people addiction and what they think. Let me tell you, it is freeing to know that I can actually be myself. I don't have to please you. I don't have to please every message I preach doesn't have to be out of the park. It's not my message. It's his message. Oh, that's freeing. Let's close our eyes. I want you to, I want you to get revelation of this. The first service, some of you I know were sin conscious. and Some of them were very much so. And when I say sin conscious, they were so focused and obsessed on fixing this problem like a -a whack-a-mole, just constantly knocking the problems down and taking their trash back. God, I, I can't fix this. I can't fix this relationship. I can't fix my financial picture. And all I'm obsessed about is this financial issue. And I'm focused all on the problem, on the problem, on the problem, on my inadequacies. And then God sends his spirit to you and ministers to you and says, hey, wait a minute. I want your trash back. I died for that. I Give it back to me. And this is a defining moment for some of you right now. It really is. Some of you are feeling the weight of sin on your life. Understand the goodness of God. There is a life. I'm speaking both to the Christian, the non-Christian, and the backslider. I've been a backslider too, but you know what? I slid on back right into my father's loving arms because he's a good God. He does cool stuff. I'm living proof that he can do it. You can be too. Father, with heads bowed and eyes closed, 
I'm going to speak declaration over this, that you will accompany this message with signs and wonders following. You did it last week. I've already heard some of that. Because when we preach the radical grace of Jesus Christ to transform our lives in the here and the now, that is the gospel. It is the good news. Father, I thank you that you're working on hearts right now. Holy Spirit, just touch them. Touch them with this gospel. And devil, you have no place in here. Your accusations are no good here. You can go back out there. We take authority over you. Lord, thank you for your graciousness and your kindness. And we lift up you, Jesus. This is all about you. It's not about me. It's not about, this is about you. It's not about joining a church. It's about you and relationship to your people. Father, I, I have confidence in your word, not my words, your words, that you will perform and it will not return void, your word. And you watch over to perform it. And I'm calling people to the altar right now. I'm asking you to stand up and come to the altar. And if you are buried under the weight of sin consciousness and this is resonating with you, I want you to come to the altar right now and don't delay. If you need physical healing in your body, I want you to come to the altar right now and don't delay. Because some of you are feeling like you have to earn your healing. Don't do that. God already paid for that 2,000 years ago. You are worthy because you're his child. End of story. And Father, I ask right now if, if conviction is coming to those that are on the fence with you, I just ask, Lord, that you catapult, that they can be free to receive you, how good you are, and that they would come to the altar too. I thank you, Lord, that you took me just as I am. And even 10 years later, walking with you, you still take me just as I am. I'm growing in grace. I'm growing. I'm transforming. Thank you for all of you who've come to the altar. Father, if there be any more, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to work on people. I know that can be frightening, but there's no fear. And perfect love casts out fear. There's no fear with Jesus in his arms. Father, just bring them. Bring them. Bring them. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you touch our people here. I silence fear, those voices that tell them you can't and won't and you're never good enough. I thank you, Jesus, that you walked on water, that you died on the cross to, to, to give us a abundant life, life free of accusation from our enemy, and that the goodness of God brings us to you and we confess what we're going through because we're honest with you about what we're feeling. We're even honest with you, we're, even if we're mad at you. We have the freedom to come boldly and say, God, I'm ticked off. You have not moved the way I want you to move. And while I may not have the answer for that, here's what I know. Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. I ask with childlike faith that our people receive this message. And I ask God that it not depart. When every religious spirit will try to convince them otherwise that it's too good to be true, I ask that you silence that voice. And I believe with 100% clarity, Lord, that our right living will come from our right believing about what your finished work really did on the cross. I loose the peace of God over the people at this altar. Lord, I thank you for testimonies that will be coming in. Uh, Lord, I believe that they'll bring people uh, through the word of their testimony. It says in Revelation that they overcame the enemy by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We've already gotten some. I can't wait for more. 
a woman was pregnant or was asking to be pregnant. She wasn't getting pregnant. A month or two ago, prayed in a healing service. In fact, my wife reminded me, Lord, that you, you told me to speak that word, that barrenness and bitterness would no longer exist and they would get pregnant. And last night, we got that Facebook message. That's not me. It's Jesus. It will always be Jesus. It's not me. It's Jesus. It will always be Jesus. I'm just the messenger, just like everyone else. But I thank you that you are good. And what you can do for one, you're no respecter of persons. What you do for one, you'll do for all. Help us just to break through the mindsets that God can't or won't and believe and say, yes, God, I receive. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So the hard work is here for all of us. Is We have to sit back and say, who has believed this message? Who has believed this report? Here's the good report. You're off the hook. Amen. You are off the hook. This was a, a very, very difficult message for me to preach in both hours. Because I believe it's that transformative. And when you get this, you will infect more people with the Holy Spirit than ever before. The anointing is that strong. Father, thank you. Thank you for the anointing that destroys bondages. Thank you that your people here are anointed. It's not about a pastor. It's not about a church. It's your spirit. And your spirit. They are empowered by your spirit. I speak that over them right now. I bring declaration that they will begin to stir to see who they are in Christ. In Christ, the love and the power that they have to transform their surroundings. Their lives will never be the same, Lord. Thank you for wrecking them for your cause in a beautiful way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.